The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., <laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? Evening Wolves fans, thanks for joining us on tonight's match preview episode on the Wolves Fancast, part of the 90min.com network. I'll be your host, Little Dan, as always, welcome you into the weekend to hopefully see Wolves win yet again. It's been a lovely few weeks since Hugh Lopetegui's took over at Wolves. Uh, seven league games in charge, he's only lost to Man United and Man City in those seven games. We've got European form, if you look at the form table, we're seventh. We've got that form. We've got that European uh, side already in our, our disposal. I'm buzzing for tomorrow. On tonight's episode, I've got with me Eddie from At Wolf Shirts. How are you going, Eddie? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, nice, nice to see you. And yeah, what a time to be a Wolves fan. It's like five points clear of relegation and looking up the table. Seriously, looking up the table, we beat Bournemouth tomorrow and Villa lose to Arsenal. We're only two points behind the Villa. I'm, I'm buzzing. The, the the gap is getting shorter by the day. Um, we've got a new guest with us tonight, uh, Dan Keegan, DK Wolf 90. How are you going, Dan? Very well, uh, Dan. And hello, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I was becoming a little bit disillusioned under Bruno Lage and recently the last few weeks. It's just gone from strength to strength and I feel like there's a huge bit of optimism at the club now. I feel like everyone is just literally in the same direction. We're buzzing for the next game. And uh, look, I'm looking at our fixtures. I feel like the next two, like you say, tomorrow, but also also next Friday, if we win the next two, we really are flying. So, yeah, delighted to be a Wolves fan. Looking forward to tomorrow. 
Yeah, big game tomorrow. Hopefully another three points on the board. Um, Jim T in the comments section is just a message saying that drill top shouldn't be allowed on before the watershed. It's an absolutely smashing top, Eddie. Um, how long have you had that in your wardrobe? Uh, yeah, thanks, mate. And thanks, Jim, in the comments. You know, I picked this up today, Dan, actually. I, uh, I went down to meet a Wolves fan in Sherbourne. I went for a lovely a lovely day out with the missus and, uh, yeah, bought, bought, bought his entire collection as a sort of job lot, um, including this, this drill top, which I couldn't turn down, and the 79 uh, Wolves shirt behind me here, which is uh, another cracker. So, you know, if anyone's interested and wants to sell any wool shirts, then I'm always, always interested in buying a few more. So, uh, yeah, but it's no, it's a great one, isn't it? I mean, you can't beat 90s, early 90s, mid 90s for, for training wear, drill tops, jackets. Um, there's so many good ones out there. Um, it's, it's a bit clear, obviously, in the first opening minutes of this show that we might be having a few uh, technical difficulties, Wi-Fi signals, but keep with us. As you can see and hear... I'm the Black Country lad tonight. Obviously, Dan's from Luton. Um, Eddie's from down Dorset. So, just have subtitles on for me tonight, folks. You'll be fine with the other two. Dan, new guest tonight. Just tell the tell the viewers how you became about uh, becoming a Wars fan. Obviously, from Luton, got Irish connections. Tell tell the viewers about yourself. Okay, so uh, yeah, born into an Irish uh, English family down in Luton and. My mum's actually from Bradley in Bilston in Wolverhampton. So it was kind of either Luton or Wolves. We're all football mad. I have four brothers um, and we're all massive Wolves fans. And when we were young, it kind of got to the point where we go to Kenilworth Road, the home of Luton, and we go up to the Molyneux. And it was a little bit like what feels like home here to us. And it always, always felt like when we went to the Mole. Uh, and that's probably because of my cousins, uh, big up the Ansel to Wolverhampton, Dan, your, some of your mates sometimes. <laughs> So, yeah, as soon as we started going to the games, it was just like, kind of like that was where our heart was set. And, um, yeah, then literally we try and get up there as many times as we can during the season. We've got a lot of friends up there, family as well. So, yeah, it was always the way. Even when we went down to League One, we took a load of us that time to Milton Keynes. That was only down the road for us. That was a memorable occasion. But, um, yeah, pretty much Wolves from the start. And that's thanks to my cousins and uh, my mum as well, my mum and my brother. That's it. It's, it's never um, surprising to see Wolves across the globe, whether it's UK based or further across the pond. If you're a Wolves fan, uh, just drop us a comment. Just drop a like if, you, if, you, if you'll always support the Wolves. It's, it's our team, it's our club, it's our city, where you come from in, in, in the world. But let's talk about game week 24 in the Premier League, uh, which is coming this weekend. Uh, the game week starts tomorrow at 12.30 between Aston Villa and Arsenal. As you can see, there's quite a lot of three o'clock kickoffs. We're at uh, home to Bournemouth. Newcastle versus Liverpool, the half past five fixture on Sky Sports. Uh, Man United versus Leicester on Sunday, and the weekend ends with Tottenham at home to West Ham. The big fixture for me this this weekend, obviously apart from Wolves, um, Eddie is uh, Everton versus Leeds. A chance not only for um, well, it's a big game for those two sides, but if we could pick up three points from home gives us quite a bit of relief away from those relegation places. <clears throat> no, definitely. And not not two teams that are free-flowing with, with goals necessarily as well. So I think we'd love to see a maybe a one-all draw, maybe nil-nil. I mean, Everton have certainly improved under uh, Dyke since he's come in. But, you know, it's hard, it's hard to tell, really. Leeds, obviously, now Marsh is gone. It's, you wonder whether they're going to see that bounce and the players are going to improve. 
but it's not looking too bright for either of those teams at the moment. You look at all those sides, um, Bill, I was there in the league, Dan, West Ham um, away to Tottenham on Sunday. I've already mentioned Everton versus Leeds, um, Southampton away for Chelsea. We couldn't have asked for a, a better fixture really at home than um, Bournemouth got quite a bad away record. It's, it's important we get the win tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, Dan. Um, I think since Gary O'Neill's come in, I think they had the period where it was sort of the new manager bounce. And they were brilliant for the, for the first two or three games under him. But I actually feel like that's sort of fallen apart a little bit. You know, they conceded 44 in the league. And I think the majority of them, I think 32 of them, have been away from home. And they come to a side like us. We're bouncing. All of a sudden, Wolves are scoring goals. We're not only keeping the big clean sheets with Dawson at the back. We, we seem to be scoring goals. And I think if we start well tomorrow, like we did against Liverpool, we could blow them away. I, I know this sounds... It sounds probably a little bit overconfident and I should never be that way as a Wolves fan. But I feel like they're the perfect team to come to us at the moment. I feel like we can blow them away. I really feel like we can tomorrow. You look at that form table, it was only because they managed to um, pick up a point at home to a weakened Newcastle side last weekend. Um, Eddie, that keeps uh, Bournemouth off the bottom of the form table. Crystal Palace are having a bit of a nightmare in regards to form. Yeah, it's not it's not looking good for uh, it's not looking good for Bournemouth. You just wonder where where the points are going to come from. You know, is Gary O'Neill the man for them? He's got a nineteen percent win rate with them this season. I mean, it's his first proper job. Um, you know, it's, I don't know if he's going to turn it around, um, especially with teams around him looking like they're going to improve. You know, Everton should be starting to do better. We're obviously pulling away. Forest are pulling away. And then who knows about Southampton. So, yeah, I mean, Bournemouth could be a good shout for, for finishing bottom of the table at the end of the season. Uh, looking at those three o'clock fixtures there, Dan, I know you're a betting man like myself. Who's your banker for um, Saturday fixtures? Um, I'll tell you what, Dan, looking at those fixtures, I, I watched Chelsea. Um, my girlfriend is a massive Chelsea fan. And I watched Chelsea, actually, when everyone else was watching the Arsenal-Man City game. I was forced to watch Chelsea Borussia uh, Dortmund, uh, but it actually was a really good game. And to be fair, Chelsea, they look like they're about to click. And I think next season, they're going to be a very, very good side. I feel like the, the signings that they've brought in, obviously, they've spent absolute millions. But I feel like Southampton now going there, I would say Chelsea. I, I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't pick up the three points there. The way that they played at Dortmund, they were very unfortunate. They're crying out for a centre-forward, you see, Chelsea. But uh, they really did. They, they played really well on Wednesday night. So I feel like, yeah, I would say there's no such thing as a banker. You should know that a little bit, but I reckon Chelsea against Southampton, I'd, down, I'd have that down as my banker of the day. Where's your money on the Saturday fixtures, Eddie? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, I think Newcastle will beat Liverpool. I think that'll be a good game as well. Um, so I, I think if I, was, if I was a betting man, I think I'd probably put some money on Newcastle. That's, that's going to be a, yeah, a good one to watch after Wolves. Yeah, I may stop in the um, the pub, but hopefully after a Wolves win tomorrow to get, watch that. Get down the uh, tilted barrel. That's it. Uh, we've got Diego Martinez uh, commenting from Texas. Uh, welcome to the show, Diego. Uh, drop us a comment with your score prediction for tomorrow. We've got Jerry Gamboni, who's uh, up at 20 to 4 in the morning watching the Wolves fan cast. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jerry. You absolute bonkers, man. Um Let's talk about uh, today's uh, pre-match press conferences. Uh, Hugh de Lopetegui, his only real uh, big comment was the fact that Daniel Poland is a little bit closer to being 
um, match fit after missing the game with an abductor issue uh, last week and a 2-1 win uh, away to Southampton. Based on um, the performance last week, Dan, um, obviously with Mario Lamina being suspended, what changes would you make to the uh, the starting lineup on uh, tomorrow? Uh, Lamina, I feel like, you know, Moutinho, we've, we've still got options in there. We can bring in Moutinho. You know, we've got Gomez in there uh, alongside Ruben. Uh, Lamina, I feel it will be a miss, though. I was feeling really disappointed with that um, with that, that sending off. I, struggling to get over that, to be honest. He looked like he was just... He wanted to send him off, didn't he? Um, so, I feel like we missed him, but I think with Moutinho... Neves, uh, Gomez, we've got we've got options in there, and I feel like that's why they brought in these players. We needed we needed the the options in there, um, and hopefully hopefully see a bit more of Neto off the bench tomorrow. That would be nice to see a few more minutes out of him. He looked good. I see him scoring the uh, I think it was the under twenty ones the other day. It looked a good goal. Yeah. It looked sharp. So yeah, I feel like we've got cover there. Um, but yeah, Lamina's sending off. Extremely disappointing. What was your thoughts on the sending off, Eddie? Just before you jump in, my thoughts on the sending off. Was I felt Jared um, Giller was so trigger happy earlier early on in the game with the Yellers that when it came to booking Lamina, he just completely just froze in the situation. I don't think he realised he was booking Lamina until it was too late because if you watch the clip back, he could not look in Lamina's eyes to save his life because he knew he'd fucked up. I genuinely think he's just he's just fucked up as a referee because he was that trigger happy earlier on in the game and you. I, 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 I'm not, especially when Wolves win, I can't be biased. I, I felt Mario Lamina's first yellow was a yellow. Whether it's the seventh minute or the 70th minute, it was a yellow. But because he gave that yellow, he was so trigger-happy that everything after it, for the next 10, 15 minutes, he felt he had to book. Samado, I felt, was, it, it was a warranted yellow, but on a different day, I think the, a karma referee may not have given it. And by the letter of the law, he did the right thing in sending Lamina off, but the letter of the law, like everything else in football nowadays, is a complete crock of shit. But if you're not going to be consistent with the laws, you don't follow it through. Uh, what was your opinions, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, just just very quickly, just shout out to Diego and and uh, Jerry. Great, it's great that so many Wolves fans from around the world are watching. And you know, in the when you sort of buy and sell Wolves shirts and collect Wolves shirts, like I've sent them to Israel and Australia and America, and had really nice chats with fans all over the world. So it's great. Shout out to those those people watching from uh, from around the globe. Uh, <clears throat> Dan, I was livid. I was livid, like every other Wolves fan watching. Yeah, of course, it was the first one was yellow card. But, you know, it's like Neves said in the in the post-match interview. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything to the ref. He slowly jogged over. He was getting his yellow out of his pocket when he was about 10 yards away from him. You know, he was complaining because he wasn't given a foul before. Players not allowed to complain. Look at Man City the weekend. Talking about mobbing the ref. There was about 10 players around the ref in that game against Arsenal. It was, it was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the worst refereeing decisions I've, I think I've ever seen in my entire life to send him off. It was a power trip. It had gone to his head. He thought, you know, I'm going to stamp my authority in this game. Yellow card, yellow card, yellow card. And he lost it. He lost his head. He lost the players. I'm, I'm surprised, actually, that the game went on as well as it could because it could have gone really wrong at that point. You know, we could have seen a lot more ill-discipline. I, I think, yeah, appalling. I, I would honestly be happy if that referee never didn't ref a, a game again this season and certainly didn't ref one of our games um yeah absolutely baffling 
no consistency at all for the refereeing from the rest of the weekend, or, or we won't see that again. We won't see that again this season. I guarantee it. From now until the end of the season, the third player slowly approaching the ref from 10 yards away saying, oh, ref, someone pulled my shirt, which is what Lamine was saying. Pull, you know, there's a foul there, someone pulled my arm back. And the ref goes, yellow card. We'll, we'll, never, we'll never see that again, ever. Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree. The the Howard Webb and the PGMOL, they'll they'll clamp down like that. They don't want to see sendings off for that. The the football fan in general doesn't want to see sending offs for that. The thing is, I, I feel like the referees have got the right to try and stamp their authority on games, and, and referees should be respected more. But when referees are constantly making decisions as bad as this, that the, they're just a glutton for punishment in my eyes. That they deserve they deserve verbal abuse. When they're going to make decisions like that, it's just it's so frustrating. Luckily, it didn't cost us three points or or, or at least a point because it, it completely ruined the game. We all I thought in that first half against Southampton was we need to get to half time one nil and then just regroup. Uh, Huda needs to do a, a tactical masterclass at half time, which he went went on to do. Um, the guy who obviously won us the game on um, on Saturday, Dan João Gomez. What did you make of his performance in like the small period of time he had on the pitch bar the goal? Mate, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan since he come in. Uh, obviously, a big reputation coming in from Brazil. I just think he's he's full of energy. He looks like a fan's favourite already. Um, I, I, I liked him. As soon as I saw him on his debut, I thought he was like a ready-made Wolves player. And obviously, we pushed and it got me. It took a long time for that to get over the line, didn't it? Felt like weeks and weeks it was going over and back and forth. But... Yeah, he, he came on bundles of energy. Exactly what you need. I don't know if you've ever played with 10 men. It's the hardest game. I can't imagine what it would be like at that level, playing with 10. And I don't think Wolves would have won with 10 under, I don't know, in, in, in any other era, apart from this Lopetegui era. I, I, it never felt like we would win that game. But to win, turn around and win that game just said a lot about the way that um, Julian's got to play. In. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like Gomez, I'm a massive fan of him. Full of energy. Fans favourite. He already looks like he loves the club, which which I think is great. Um, obviously, we've already mentioned that Mario Lamina is going to be suspended uh, tomorrow. Who fills in for Mario Lamina for you, um, Eddie? I mean, he's, I think Gomez has, has done enough to justify being in with a shout of starting, definitely in a in a, in a three man midfield with uh, with uh, Neves and Nunes. Um, yeah, I I put Gomez in there for me, and and like uh, uh, the other Dan was saying, Keegan was saying. Um, yeah, it's been wonderful seeing Gomez come in. Wonderful from the Wolves. Shout out to the Wolves PR team as well. They've put together some absolutely excellent videos and, and promos and really built the hype around him. And like Dan was saying, you know, you can tell he really, really wanted to be here. You know, loves the club already, loves being in the Premier League. And, and he's bringing that positive energy. You know, we're hearing reports about his relationship you know, he's, he's with Cunha and, and Costa and obviously got that Brazilian link. And that's what we want to see, you know, positivity in the dressing room, players feeling good about being here, players wanting to be at Wolves. You know, obviously, Guedes has left and there was reports that he was, you know, this this real negative energy in the, in the, in the dressing room and around the squad. But, you know, that's what we want. We want positive players. We want them feeling good and we want them to be here. Uh, Keegan, one of the things that we put out on our um, social media yesterday was a predicted 11. I went for eight Nori starting again at left back, but we did have quite a clamour for Hugo Bruno to start based on his, uh, well, his, his, his evident uh, impact in that second half. Uh, who starts for you left back tomorrow? 
Uh, I can see where you're coming from with Bueno, but I'm a big Eight Nori fan. I think, I think unfortunately, I actually think Eight Nori's gonna gonna land a move soon. I've been a big fan since we got here. Um, but yeah, Bueno, Bueno, it looks like a great signing. But I really do think Eight Nori is top top draw. I could see him getting a move to uh, one of the top four teams in the next couple of summers. Unfortunately, but um, I'd go with Eight Nori, huge fan. But uh, either way, I feel like again we look like we've got good depth there all of a sudden, which is great. Yeah, I Nori. I've been saying it since um, months after he after he joined. Obviously, scored on his debut against Crystal Palace. Man City are absolutely begging for a left back now. They've mad madly let João Cancelo go out um, on loan to Bayern Munich with an option to buy. Um, who, who's your sort of preference out of Bueno and uh, Nori? Yeah, I think I'll be, I think I'll be putting Bueno in there, and I just think he he came on at half time and he changed the game for us. The movement to beat the man and get the ball in for, you know, Benderak's own goal, uh, Traore helped force over the line, was uh, was tremendous. And we've seen him, we've seen him do that before. Um, and and, it, and the, the good thing is they're both really good options off the bench. So I think, it, it, you know, it's looking good with either, either starting because we know one of them is going to come on and have the potential to change the game. But I think, I think Bueno for me. Um, obviously, Keegan, we've had a good few sessions over the years, but... How many points, if you could, if you could calculate it, did Jan Bednarak have for that on goal moment? <laughs> oh, mate, don't. Well, then again, it could have only been nine or ten. If when you're drinking, nine or ten. When I'm drinking, twelve or thirteen, mate. I can't believe how much of a nightmare he had with his feet in that on goal moment. It was just <laughs> absolute calamitous. Uh, I think it was Jason Jeffries on okay. Twitter did the. Um, the um, the operatic uh, music over the top of it in slow motion. It's a great um, video if you haven't seen it. Try and check it out on Twitter. Uh, obviously, Bournemouth managed to salvage a point um, at home to Newcastle last week, which is a good point for them in their current uh, plot. Obviously, Eddie Hay made his return to Dean Court. Uh, Dominic Slank is obviously their centre forward who's come back from injury. But who else is a concern for you tomorrow, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, like you say, like you say, it is it is mainly if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be it's going to be Solanke, and they're going to be really happy to see him see him come back in. I mean, it's amazing that he, you know, he he scored twenty nine goals for them, I think, last season, um, and I never would have thought he'd be putting those numbers in, even the championship. So they're gonna they're gonna hope he comes back in and he and he plays at you know top form and just just to sort of. Uh, you know, mention on our goals. Speaking of Benderak, he, he cemented himself now in Wolves' Wolves' current history as the third highest joint top goal scorer in the Premier League for us, along with Joel Matip and a selection of other players who have scored one goal for Wolves in the Premier League. So shout out to Benderak. Praise be Jan Benderak, the absolute oaf. Uh, Keegan, who else apart from Slanky stands out for you? Obviously, we got linked to to Kiefer Moore last season under Bruno Lars, which I was massively against. Um, who stands out for you? I think Marcus Tavernier for um, for Bournemouth, sir, one to who, who can be lively on his day. Yeah, I think Tavernier. I think he's decent. I think he's kind of like a yeah, he, he's hit and miss, but on his day, he can be a very good player. Kiefer Moore. I don't know. I think. He's an okay Premier League player. I think he's a good Championship player. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of Philip Billing. I think he's always looked good when, when I've seen them live before. Very tall, elegant centre midfielder, and I feel like he's got a goal in him. And he's the type tomorrow I keep an eye on from that centre mid spot. Like Philip Billing, when he gets forward, I think he's looked brilliant this season in quite a bad team, to be fair. But 
So I would say Billin, uh, Anthony, yeah, possibly Tavernier off the bench. Um, yeah, but the, the big one's Solanke. Solanke, if he gets firing back in the team, all of a sudden they look like a different kettle of fish then. Um, but Billing, I think Billing played very well with him earlier on in the season when they were getting a few points under Gary O'Neill. So Philip Billing, I would be the one to watch for me. Does uh, does Kuna play central for you tomorrow, Keegan? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Keep him there. Uh, um, I love Raul, but I think he's a good option off the bench or along the cost at the moment. So Kuna, uh, centre forward for me again, yeah. Obviously, Diego Castro had a bit of an impact when he came on in the second half, Eddie. Any sort of desire for, from you for him to start tomorrow? Uh, I mean, again, I like him off the bench. I think I think what he, he he's a good cheerleader, isn't he? He's a good, he's vocal, you know, he's up for it, you know, and he's he's positive. And he's, he's a great figure to have of his experience and obviously keeps it light in the training ground. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be starting him. Um, I, I'd potentially be interested in seeing him and Ezankunya starting tomorrow. I think that could be a could could be an option. I'd be interested to see those, those two going out going at it together because I'm not sure, still not sold on Kunya being an out and out number nine. That was my mindset um, before Adama came on in the second half. Is that I wanted either Diego or Raul down the middle with Kunya off the left and Sarabia off the right. Um, I'm sort of in the agreement with you, Eddie, that I'm, I'm still not fully invested in Kuna being uh, the central focal point. At the moment. I think he's been brilliant for us with his with his link-up play. I mean, you look at the goal that him and Huang built at, um, away at Liverpool in the FA Cup. Obviously, he's very lively um, getting into the box and actually making things happen from, from deep, which I think we've been missing over the last few months. But it'd be interesting to see what Lopetegui goes with uh, tomorrow. What's but, your uh, score prediction uh, for the game? Oh, um, just for I, I agree completely, but I feel what he does for the team with his link-up play. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel any of them are going to get us enough goals. I don't feel Raúl now is going to get the goals he he got before. Diego Costa, I like him as an impact sub, but all three of them really, we need one of them to start scoring some goals because that's it now till the end of the season. Wang is Wang. I feel like he does a job of what he does linking up, but Kunha out of the three of them for me has to start centre forward out of the three of them for now because I feel like goals is a problem out of three. So if you're looking at link up play, Kunha, I reckon, is the one that I would have. I'd, I'd still start him over the other two. Yeah. I, I feel unless you're starting a Dharma from the start, you, you you don't I don't feel we're in a place to start Diego or Raul. I don't feel like either of them have got 90 minutes in them still. And um like I said, unless a Dharma's bombing crosses into them like six, seven times a match, I don't think they're going to be as effective as what they can be off the bench. What's your score prediction for the game tomorrow, Eddie? We'd love to see some more goals, wouldn't it, flying in for uh, for us? I'm saying two nil, two nil Wolves. I love Sarabia to get on the score sheet. I think that would be uh, that. Would, everyone would love to see that, and maybe maybe Neves as well. What's your uh, score prediction, Keegan? Uh, I'm going to go three nil again. I think a fast start, uh, hopefully an early goal. Uh, again, Sarabia, I would love him to get a goal. Uh, but yeah, three 0 a clean sheet would be huge because I'm loving Dawson's impact. All of a sudden, defensively as well as going forward, we look good. So I will go three 0 to the Wolves. I'm going to go with a doesn't sound it, but a comfortable two one tomorrow. I feel like they might get a late consolation, but I feel like we should have enough over the ninety minutes to uh, to take the three points. Before we come to sort of mine and Eddie's quiz for the week, I just want to mention that Dave Edwards, dangerous Dave. Um, has got a charity match coming up at uh, Shrewsbury Town um, at the end of March. There's a, a classic Wolves eleven of his uh, teammates from around the 2008-2009 season. 
and a lot of his former um, Shrewsbury Town uh, teammates. I imagine the likes of sort of Harry Burgoyne may make a, uh, an appearance, David, uh, David Davis, maybe a few others. Keep your eyes out on that. Tickets are available via the Shrewsbury Town website now. Uh, Eddie, let's start with uh, your quiz uh, this week uh, before we end up with my uh, sudden death squads to close the show. Do you want to start now? Uh, yeah, all right, mate. No, no problem. I sent you a couple of pictures, Dan, but don't worry if you if you didn't get them. I know you've been having a few internet issues. I sent yeah. them to you on a, on Facebook Messenger. But we're I was going to do a in well, basically in honour of um, some Wolves Academy products coming through this season. I mean, <clears throat> we've already talked a little bit about Bueno coming through. It's been great to see Hodge and uh, Lembakisa as well. I know Hodge came from City, but he's had a little time with the academy. Um, in honour of the Wolves players coming through, I thought I'd do a Wolves Academy products debut season, debut squad number quiz. So I'm going to hit you with three wow. famous Wolves Academy products, and I'd like you to name their squad number they took in their first season. Just as a, this isn't the quiz, but just as a side question, I think you should probably comfortably be able to name Joe Hodge's starting number. Shout it out. Joe Hodge. 53. I thought this would be easier. This isn't even the quiz. It's not 53. <laughs> it's 59. It was, as I say, not part of the quiz. Get us close. Uh, Hugo, 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 I ain't got my glasses on, you say. It's that, 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 last, that, last little, that last little curve on the free. I ain't got my glasses on, you say. Hugo Bueno, this season? Squad number? 53. <laughs> No, this is a good one because he's no, he's 64. Bueno, 64. I think he was a, a bit of a gamer, maybe an N64 fan back in his day. Um, and uh, Lembakisa, squad number this season. I say this isn't even the quiz, but what's his? Come on, 78. Oh, close. It's really close. Keegan, 72. A 81. Uh, yeah, some great, some great big squad numbers coming in. Um, especially now Max Kilman's gone from 49 to 23. But no, anyway, back to the Eddie, actual quiz. Before you, um, <laughs> before you begin your quiz, we've got breaking news via Danny P in the comments section. Uh, Lee Mason has uh, left the PGMOL by mutual consent this evening. Um, it's a great day for football. I'm, I'm just going to have a quick swig of my glass of water in my Coca-Cola glass <laughs> in celebration. Lee Mason has left the PGMOL football fans uh, Congrats to all that's uh, taken part. Nuno Espirito Santo first complaining about him after Burnley a few years ago. Thank you, Lee Mason. Um, <laughs> don't uh, close the door on, you, on your way out. Off you go, Eddie. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Yeah, good luck, Lee. Uh, you know, maybe you'll go into teaching. Who knows? Um, right, let's start off with uh, Jolene Lescott. Um, who, of course, made his debut in 2000-2001 season. Uh, and he started the season uh, in a, with a one-all draw against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, but what he later went on to take the number five shirt for us. But what in his debut season shirt? I'm going to give you a choice of three. It's going to be multiple choice. Um, did he take shirt number 19, 29, or 39? And let's start with Little Dan. I'll go with... 29. Keegan? 19. Bingo. It was indeed 19. 1.2 Keegan. Good job. Next question. Nice quick Wayne Hennessy, who made his debut 
four wolves quite famously in the in a playoff uh, semi-final against West Brom um, 2007 uh, that we lost unfortunately um, after Matt Murray broke his shoulder um, but again what was his debut season squad number uh, Wolves Academy product Wayne Hennessy was it can we can we um, just like go nearest number instead of like multiple question because yeah. I feel like I know this one but I'm not 100% I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with 31. Keegan? I'll go with 24. All right. if, I don't know why I'm asking, really. It was 31. Dan's nailed it. <laughs> well done. I might, I mean, I might even have to give you two points. That's real, man. Very impressive. It was a horrible day. That playoff semi-final was. It was horrific. <laughs> but there's this little thing that stick in your head. Yeah. I remember when Kevin Phillips nestled that one top corner and seeing Ryan Hennessy on the floor thinking, for fuck's sake, these bastards are going to beat us again. <laughs> And yeah, well, well, who's laughing now? But um, and then uh, last, uh, last one, controversial figure, Morgan Gibbs White, Wolves Academy product, of course, made his debut in uh, 2017 uh, in the FA Cup. Um, and his squad number will go closest then. Um, and closest, let's start with Keegan. Closest number wins it. I'll go with. I'll go, I'll go with 27. Lil Dan? I'll go with 55, Eddie. Oh, he smashed it out of the park. 55 <laughs> again. Dan, I'm impressed. I, you know, I don't think I'd have... That's why I'm the host, Keegan. That's why I'm the host. <laughs> if I had to just looked all these up, I don't think I'd have done as well as you. Uh, a round of applause. round of applause for Dan. Well, well played, Dan. Well, well, Dan. Now, Eddie, this is, this is where I'm, I try and make you look stupid for a couple yeah, of minutes, you're gonna, Eddie. You're going to get your own back now, I can tell. So, as, as always, we're finishing the episode off with Sudden Death Squads. I pick a game uh, featuring Wolves back, um, previous fixtures between uh, the sides that we're previewing. This week, I'm pre- uh, the Sudden Death Squad is Wolves versus Bournemouth in the first leg of the Worthington Cup in 1998. So, um, oh, bear with me a second. I'm trying to upload a video instead of uh, upload the picture. So... I think it's November 1998. Wolves, uh, sorry, Bournemouth won, Wolves won. Uh, name a player that featured in that game. If you can, if you name a, a player that was on the bench but comes on, you have to go again. It's, it's it's sudden death, so if you get a player wrong and then the other person gets it right, the game ends. I'll come to you first, Eddie. See, it's a, it's a cup game. I mean, I mean, obviously these days... It's, it's become a real done thing to, to bench a starting keeper. But I don't think in the 90s that was a thing, really. So uh, I could be very, very wrong. And this could be the shortest game uh, of sudden death squads you've ever seen on the fan cast. But I'm going to start with uh, Mike Stahl in goal. Mike Stahl was correct. He started in goal, obviously played the whole game that day for Wolves. Uh, just, just for clarification, the fixture was the 15th of September, 1998. I know we've got a few stat nonces out there. I don't I don't want to cause any trouble. The correct answer was Mike Stoll. Can you name another player from that game, Keegan? I'm going to go with Dean Richards. Dean Richards did play at centre-half that day. Back to you, Eddie. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who would be who would be alongside 
Dean Richards. I think I so I, I want to say Steve Sedgley, but I'm wondering if he would have started mm. that game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Steve Sedgley. Keegan, he's got another one right. Back to you. Um, I don't know if we had another left back at the time, so I'm going to go with a fairly young Lee Naylor. Lee Naylor did play that night. Uh, obviously, the left wing back in that uh, what appears to be a 5-3-2 that night in the game between Bournemouth 1 Wolves 1 in September 98. Back to you, Eddie. So, 98 was was, um, was Steve Ball's last season for the club. But it's whether he was injured at that point. He had a lot of injuries that year um, before he retired at, at the end of the 98-99 season. It's whether, it's whether he would have been playing back then. Um, if that's too too obvious, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot with uh, with Bully. I can't I can't remember if he was fit at the start of the season back in September '98 or not. I'm going to go with Bully. Steve Bull, unfortunately, did not feature in that game. Uh, Obviously, no. his knees became a, a big issue back then. Keegan, name a Wars player that played in that game to win this week's sudden death squads. Right, so I'm thinking who we might have had up front then. Um, Bully, Robbie Keane. Uh, I don't know if Harvard Flo was around then. Uh, I will go with... I'm going to go with Robbie Keane. If Bully weren't there, I'm hoping Robbie Keane played. Dan Keegan has won this week's Sudden Death Squads with his answer of Robbie Keane, Eddie. Uh, Wolves is uh, starting on at that, that that evening was Mike Stoll in goal, uh, Kevin Muscat right back, Steve Sedgley, Dean Richards, and you could have had A.D. Williams as another centre-back. Uh, Lee Naylor was obviously left uh, wing-back. Midfield three that night of Steve Corica, Simon Osborne, and apparently Steve Froggart. Robbie Keane's strike partner that evening was Wolves and Ireland uh, striker David Connolly. And you could have also had Neil Emblen, Mark Jones and uh, Wolves goal scorer that night, Darren Ferguson. Ah, yeah, I was thinking about Ferguson and Osborne, but yeah, I mean, it's a risky one, wasn't it, Bully? Poor, poor choice for me. Well played, Keegan. Dan, did we have um, Everyone, Flo, then? I, I think he not, joined. He in, I think he joined in '99. Did he? Yeah, '99, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you've joined us tonight on the Wolves Fancast Match Preview, thanks for joining us. Thanks for continuing to, to support us on social media, at Wolves Fancast, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Obviously, try and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, thanks for joining myself, Keegan and Eddie. We'll be back on Sunday evening, hopefully with a podcast, celebrating another Wolves win. Enjoy your weekend. If I don't see you, stay out of trouble. Guys.